Welcome to House Call with Dr. Mac, where you get a real doc with straight talk for the whole year. It's here in the House Call community where we have created an inviting space for you to hear individuals' health stories, gain health care providers, and other experts' perspectives. It is our mission that with the knowledge you gain here, you'll be able to connect your own health dots, see a complete picture of yourself, and begin to experience whole personal care. So, as Dr. Mack would say, let's sit down, let's get started, let's have some conversations, let's connect these dots, let's get some straight talk. Hey, House Call community, I hope that you have been enjoying our back to school series that kicked off season five. We wanted to be able to give you guys some practical tools that you could use immediately once you finish listening and enjoying these conversations. So I hope that as you listened to Miss Aisha Thompson last time, last week rather, that you were able to make those wonderful snacks with your kids or for yourself. You know, if you have and if you've taken advantage of that promotional code, why don't you just reach out and let us know? Hey, that was great. I loved it. Bring us more. You know, was able to use that promotional code, you know, just give us some more, give us um, some more information, give us some feedback rather. I would really like to hear how you guys are utilizing any tools that we're able to give you. Um, You know, before we get into this week's episode, I just would like to let you know what's going on in the house call community. One, we're going to be launching our newsletter. It's going to be a bi-monthly newsletter and that way you won't be left out of a single conversation. You'll know what's going on in the house call community. We'll let you know if there's any promotions or any partnerships that we have that you can take advantage of and be a part of. So if you go on over to housecallwithdrmac.com, you'll leave us your email address. We won't spam you. We will not sell your information to a third party and that way you can be kept in the loop. I know I hate to, to be out of the loop. I don't know if you do, but I hate to be left out of the loop. So that's a way that you guys can stay up to date with what's going on and be able to get some more life hacks. How about that? The other thing that I would like to um, ask for your help with is we would like to make House Call with Dr. Mac more accessible to more people. How do we do that? We need your help. If you would go over to iTunes or Stitcher, write us a quick review, give us a couple of stars. It makes it easier for people to find us. Don't know how to do that? We got you covered. Head on over to House Call with Dr. Mac, the Facebook page. There is a post pinned at the top. It's a tutorial on how you can leave a review. We got you covered. If you don't have iTunes, if you don't have Stitcher, Even if you could share that with your friends and family on your Facebook page, you may be surprised how many other people may have access to iTunes or Stitcher or consume their podcasting shows that way. They can leave a review that way. We would really appreciate it. It would just do a whole lot for the community. We want to thank you in advance for helping us out, guys. This week... We were thinking about how everybody's now in their rhythm or they're trying to get into their rhythm. They've been in school for a couple of weeks. 
now you're starting your after school extracurricular activities or, you know, what have you. And for some people, because our brains are wired just a little differently, this transition can be a little anxiety producing. So how do we help? I was able to hear a great interview with Dr. Emily Anhalt and Peter Shankman. Peter Shankman has a wonderful podcast called the Faster Than Normal Podcast. You can find it on iTunes, Stitcher, your favorite podcast platform. And she was talking about her, at the time, her dissertation and a study she had done and a TED Talk that she had given. She was talking about how to manage your ADD, ADHD. And she was talking about something that really struck me, how sometimes it's not about changing or modifying your behavior so much that you change yourself, but sometimes you need to change your environment. That was, that was paradigm shifting for me. And I knew we needed to have her come and talk to our house call community. So she was so gracious to sit down with me. She lives in San Francisco. She's a psychoanalyst. She's a psychotherapist. She does um, psychological consulting. And she's an assistant to another um, psychologist. And she took time out of her very busy schedule. And we talked one night. And she gave us some great tools to help navigate our educational environments. And not just our educational environments, if I think about it. It was talking about navigating life. Because sometimes when you don't fall into that bell curve, it can be a little bit unnerving to just navigate life. So we hope that as you listen to this conversation, if you are someone whose brain is wired just a little differently, or you know somebody whose brain is wired just a little bit differently, or you work with someone whose brain is wired just a little differently, or you love someone whose brain is wired just a little differently, I think you will enjoy this conversation. So grab your notebooks, be them electronic or old-fashioned. You're going to hear some great nuggets. And as we always say in the community, let's sit down. Let's get started. Let's have this conversation. Let's connect these dots. Let's get some straight talk. Welcome back to House Call with Dr. Mack, where you get a real doc with straight talk for the whole you. Welcome back, guys. It's season five. And if you're new to our community, we just want you to know that we want you to come in, take a seat or take us with you on your walks. Put us, um, let us just go around with you for your day. And our premise here is that as you hear the stories, as you hear our expert perspectives, you're able to make sense of your own health stories. We'd like for you to connect your health dots. And this season, season five, we're starting off and I don't know why I just had this burning desire to talk about getting back getting ready for school, kind of back to school. And, you know, one of my personal journeys is one through ADD, ADHD, and those lenses. And sometimes getting ready for school was a little anxiety-producing for me because in my own quiet world, I 
often felt as if I would not be prepared. I was inadequate for the next level. Um, Maybe something had happened the previous year that, you know, just hit my confidence, just kind of knocked me off kilter because I didn't process the way that everybody else processed. Or I just did not follow the flow of conversation sometimes. And so... With us getting back to school, I know you guys have probably been, some people have been back to school for a little while, a couple of weeks, but everybody getting back to school, whether you're a parent of a child going to school or if you yourself are getting ready for school, I just wanted to kind of give you some perspective if you feel you have a disability or the gift of ADD, ADHD. And here in the House Call community today is Dr. Emily Anhalt. Welcome to the House Call community, Dr. Anhalt. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. Thank you for consenting to come to our community. I want to let the community know who you are and how you came to the community. I always talk about connecting our health dots. And so I like to talk about how a guest was able to come and sit down in the community. If you'll give me just a moment and indulge me, is that okay? Oh, absolutely. Uh, So I have ADD. I was diagnosed fairly late in life, but once I got my diagnosis, everything made sense. My whole life made sense. And so as I've been going through this journey, there are certain tools that I have found to be very helpful. One of those tools is the podcasting world. And I found a podcast entitled Faster Than Normal Podcast, and it's hosted by Peter Shankman. I was listening to episode 20, and you were the guest for that episode. You were talking about ADHD, your personal journey, and some unique things we're going to talk about. And I, first of all, when I was listening, I just want you to know my shoulders relaxed. I took a deep breath. I said, wow. Again, some confirmation that, you know what? I just learn differently. I just process differently. And it's okay. The next thought was, oh my goodness gracious, she has to come and sit down in the community with the house call community. So that's how we have arrived at this moment here today. So Dr. Anholt, I would like for you to tell our community what you do and what your dissertation was about that that brought you to the Faster Than Normal podcast community, if if you could give us just a little snippet of what brought you to, to that community. Well, sure, absolutely. So right now I am a psychotherapist and psychological assistant, and I'm also a psychological consultant. So I'm seeking to help people and companies sort of incorporate self-awareness and empathy and psychological theory into the way that they do things, conduct their lives and business, et cetera. But when I was working on my doctoral dissertation, what my goal originally was, was that I wanted to hear the stories of adults with ADHD who had found ways to mitigate their symptoms, but who also felt that their ADHD had helped them achieve their success because I had sort of looked back on my life and realized that it had been kind of a bumpy road, but that I had managed to find some ways to find, you know, find my way toward my goals despite and sometimes because of my mm-hmm. ADHD. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But wow. as I was doing the research, what came out of it was this really interesting idea that the stigma that people with ADHD face for learning differently are often more harmful to them than the actual symptoms themselves. 
And so uh, I went on and turned this research into a TEDx talk, and I also made contact with Peter Shankman, who runs this wonderful podcast that you were talking about. And it's just been really amazing to find this community of people who agree with me that ADHD, although sometimes frustrating, can also be a kind of superpower. Yes, I totally agree with that sentiment that sometimes, or really when you think about it and you're able to harness the the good that's in it, and I love what Peter Shankman says that, you know, it's unwrapping the gift of ADHD that it's almost like a little superpower and it's kind of really cool. And so when you embrace that, it's so empowering and you're able to then walk in your in your purpose. You're able to really walk with your shoulders back and your head held high. And I want to thank you all for for you know, changing the global conversation of ADD and ADHD. And, you know, there was something um, with your TEDx talk. I was listening to your TEDx talk, and you made this statement that really resonated with me. You said, sometimes I should seek to change my environment instead of myself. Can you give us a little bit, uh, can you expound on what that statement means, and how did you come to that conclusion? Sure. Well, I think that statement was born out of this story about a teacher who taught me how to do certain things differently to learn better. Mm-hmm. You know, whereas most of the teachers were sending me to the office or telling me that I needed to do things differently um, to be different, essentially. I had one teacher who said, well, why don't we just try to approach these things a little bit differently? And she encouraged me to draw while I would listen. And, you know, she let me lie on the floor instead of sitting in the uncomfortable chair if I Mm. wanted to. And essentially her goal was just, hey, however you learn, that's how you should learn. You're in school. This is about learning, not about necessarily behaving in any one particular way. Wow, that's awesome. So, yeah, it was very empowering to realize that, you know, there's a lot of pressure to kind of conform and, and I understand that pressure. It would be very difficult to teach a classroom of 30 kids who were all, you know, behaving however they wanted to. Mm-hmm. But when you're used to being in an environment where the rules weren't built for the way that you interact with the world, it's a big relief to hear that sometimes adjustments can be made that will allow you to take in the information in a way that you can actually do something with it. Yes. And in that vein, when you're talking about being able to adjust adjust your environment to be able to take in information and be able to process it. You know, you talked about having what what we would probably call kind of this super superpower of bending time or multitasking. Can you give us some examples of what you mean by that? So bending time is a term that I actually heard from one of the people I interviewed for my dissertation. Mm. And it really it really resonated with me. Um they were talking at the time about their ability to get a really large amount of work done in a very small amount of time mm-hmm. if the conditions were just right. And I found that I have the same ability that if I can set myself up with everything I need, and, you know, a little luck helps too, of course, <laughs> um, I'll, often, I'll often find myself in a kind of hyper-focused wonderland where I can just get these huge amounts of work done almost without realizing it. You know, I'll, I'll sometimes come out of this I don't want to describe it as like a hypnotic state. Mm-hmm. And I'll realize mm-hmm. that I've just written like a whole article, for example, hmm. and I'll read it and I'll almost not remember writing it. It's as though it happened in this other state of consciousness somehow. Yes, yes. And, it, and in terms of multitasking, I've realized that the conditions I need in order to make this hyper focus happen 
generally involve doing a few things at once. You know, I like to have a television show on in the background. I like to have a snack nearby. My phone is nearby. I'm kind of juggling everything. And, you know, this works because I need a little extra external stimulation in order to bring my internal levels of stimulation up to where everyone else's are kind of by default. Mm-hmm. Yes. That, oh my goodness, I feel as if you're... I want to just jump up and shout and say, yes, yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. You know, I've learned <laughs> I've learned the different fidgets that I need to, to do in order to get something done. You know, um, I think this, this notion of, I think the hyper-focusing phenomenon, not notion, but the hyper-focusing phenomenon that happens with ADD or ADHD is very perplexing to people that don't understand quite understand it you know they don't understand how you like you said you can come out and emerge and say I you know the conditions were right I just wrote 20 pages of my dissertation but you were supposed to go clean your room and it takes you four hours and it's like Mm -hmm. wait a minute you know how this just doesn't make sense all you have to do is concentrate and that's really the antithesis of what you really need to do. It's not really concentrating on one thing. It's almost allowing your brain to not my own mind around what I do. Because I've gotten so frustrated with myself at times where I say, my goodness, there are times where you can do X, Y, and Z, and why can't you just go and clean your room? (laughs) You know, what is the problem? But it is that phenomenon. Go ahead, go ahead, please. Oh, thank you. Well, I mean, I really agree with everything you're saying. And, you know, I think, unfortunately, that very truth is one of the things that has kind of incorrectly discredited ADHD as an issue. You know, people say, well, if you can focus on video games for three hours, but you can't sit in class for 45 minutes, it must not really be an attention issue. But, you know, as you said, it it has everything to do with these internal levels of stimulation and dopamine and, you know, when you enjoy something, then there are different things happening in your mind than when you don't. Mm. So one of the things that I challenged myself to do a while ago was I, I tested and, you know, I kind of went through a couple trials of this of figuring out how long I can focus on something that I'm not interested in. Hmm. And um, I found it to be about 10 minutes. For about 10 minutes, I can actually stay present with something that I don't particularly want to be doing before I desperately start to seek another thing. And so now when I'm working on things I don't enjoy, I don't expect myself to concentrate for more than 10 minutes at a time without some little boost. And by boost, you know, it could just be a bite of a snack or two minutes in my email or, you know, five jumping jacks or whatever. And then I dive back in for another 10 minutes. That's a cool tip. I love that life hack. And I that that's really something that I think a lot of people do kind of adjust themselves and don't realize what they're doing. That's really a, a neat trick. I love that. You know, House Call Community, you got your pens, your electronic notebooks. Remember, you guys can go back, rewind this, listen. She's got she's got so much more. So much more. So, um Emily, I when I was listening to Peter Shankman's episode with you and you were talking about your dissertation you were talking about some other um you were talking about your interviewees that you you were sitting down and talking to so these were people that you found to be successful in their careers is that correct and um seem to have unlocked the gift of their their add do do you do you have any um examples of non-medic 
medication techniques that some of them tend to use um just like you gave your gave that technique for yourself where you you can you know if it's something you're not interested in 10 minutes is about it then you give yourself the permission to give a break was there anything else Mm -hmm. that that popped up through your interviewees well sure well i'll kind of um look at it from a little bit of a picture for a second, which is that out of all that research I did, I developed this idea about a kind of three-layered approach to confronting mm. your ADHD. Okay. And the, the first layer has to do with facing and exploring and dealing with the feelings that have come up over all the years of being different and all the stigmas you face. And some of the feelings that my interviewees mentioned around this were things like shame and loneliness, anger, anxiety, feelings of being less than or not enough. And so for this aspect of things, I think psychotherapy is really helpful. It gives an objective place to think through how these things have influenced your relationship with yourself and with others and with the world. And also, I think just talking to others who have had the same struggles as you have can be really powerful, which, you know, just like this podcast is doing, it connects people who understand what it's like not to have connected with people Mm -hmm. um, and how tough Mm -hmm. that can be. And just reminding yourself that you're enough, that you're doing your best, being mm-hmm. gentle with yourself. Those are all important things. So then the second layer is about the techniques and tips and tricks and skills that help mitigate the negative or difficult symptoms of ADHD. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, although it can be a superpower, it's also hugely frustrating and difficult to manage yes. sometimes, yes. As, as those who have it understand. So within this layer, I got a lot of great ideas from the interviews I did. People talk about things like always using a calendar, setting alarms to remind them to do things, or, you know, never putting something down in a place where if you forget to pick it up, you would lose it. Um, mm-hmm. I think educating friends and family about ADHD so that they don't take certain behaviors personally is really important. Mm-hmm. And then also things like coffee and meditation and yoga, exercise, things like that, all kind of seek to help the negative aspect. Ah, those so are great. So then there's this, yeah, it was really uh, enlightening to hear all these things. Um, I've definitely incorporated a lot of them into my life. Hmm. And then there's this third layer, which is about setting yourself up to make use of the positive symptoms. So, for example, if you work best with music on, make sure your work or homework area is set up for music. Hmm. You know, I do my work best if I'm physically comfortable. So I never try to do my work at a library in silence in an uncomfortable chair. Um, or well, one of my interviewees told me that whenever she applies for a job, she makes it clear that she would need to have an assistant because at this point in her life, she knows she's going to do her best work if someone is keeping on keeping her on task and wow. taking care of certain things for her. Mm. And then for kids, it can be really important that their classroom environment allows them to learn the best they can, or that their homework environment is set up for their success. So. You know, sometimes that means working closely with teachers to figure out what works best. And the thing is, I know these things aren't always possible. Sometimes it's, you know, not possible to find an environment that will tailor these things to you. But Mm -hmm. the more we know about what allows for our best functioning, the more we can at least strive towards setting ourselves up for that success. Wow, these are great tips. I'm really loving this because... 
we're 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 kind of going across the gamut. I love that you've touched on kids and you've touched on adults. You've touched on people that go into the workplace because we know that those of us that go out into the workplace sometimes we have a difficult time holding down a job for, um, or even you know completing tasks or always you know on probation or seem to be getting in trouble. And if we could put these things in you know these tools in our armamentarium and pull them out, it would help us to become more optimal. And this is great. This is great. You know, I was when I was listening to your TED Talk, Emily, I had a moment for myself. I, I love when I have these, I call them epiphany moments, or I, I've made up my own word, my epiphanitic moments, <laughs> so to speak. And I had never taken the time to write down what I loved about my ADD, I, I've, you know, been so focused on trying to mitigate or alleviate the negative symptoms over the last few years that I had not given myself permission to step back and say, you know what, what do I really love about my ADD? What does it allow me to do? What's my superpower? And so I took a moment and I paused your talk and I just wrote it down. And I wrote it down in my goal book that I carry around in my purse so that I could remember and remind myself when I feel off kilter, when I feel off track, when I want to beat myself up for not accomplishing a goal that I've written down, you know what, kid, you're you're pretty okay. And, there, and you have some pretty mm-hmm. cool things that, you know, are, are unique to you. So I'd like to ask you, Emily, how, you know, is there anything, would you be willing to share maybe one or three discoveries that you've made about your superpower that you've embraced? Oh, I love that question. Well, sure. I think first and foremost, one of the most important discoveries I, I've made is just realizing this idea that something that people tell you is wrong or bad or should be changed actually be an important and beautiful part of your identity. You know, I don't think I would give my ADHD back if I could. And it's really empowering to embrace something about yourself in the face that it sometimes causes new problems. Mm. That's probably one thing. And then in terms of the actual ADHD, it was pretty cool to realize that it allows me to do certain things that people without ADHD might have trouble doing, Mm. like multitasking or brainstorming. You know, Mm -hmm. my my brain jumps around a lot, and Mm -hmm. at times it can be frustrating, but sometimes it allows me to make connections that are out of the box or really original. (laughs) Yes, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes. The same way. I love that. Wow. I love that. Um. You know, then, go ahead. Last, oh, sorry. No, go ahead. I was going to say, lastly, um, um, I'd say lastly, discovering a whole community of people who've had similar experiences to mine and who have also embraced their ADHD has been hugely empowering and wonderful. Mm-hmm. I really highly encourage people with ADHD to get out there and meet others who understand what it's like to navigate the world differently than the average person. Yes, that is very good. One of uh, a resource that I've come to find is the attitudemagazine.com website. And that's been a very good help uh, in, you know, terms of finding a tribe, 
finding a community of people and hearing other stories. Also, uh, Dr. Ted Hallowell has a, a podcast called Distraction, and he wrote a book, Driven to Distraction, and that has helped me as well. And so I love that, that you've said that the community of people, being able to know you're not by yourself, you're not alone, that there are others mm-hmm. that are out there. That's really, that's really empowering. I, I really do. I really love that. Um, mm-hmm. Emily, I'm looking at our time and I know that we have to wrap up. And as we round the corner, we usually ask our guests to give our community a tip of the day. It can be about the subject we're talking about, or it could be anything that's on your heart this evening. If you would give our community a tip of the day, we would be honored. Oh, that's lovely. Well, I think my tip of the day today would probably be to make sure that you or your kids or whoever in your life who has ADHD, although I think this is true for almost anything, I think it's really important to have some regular time and space when you can just be your natural self. Mm-hmm. where you don't have to be hypervigilant or careful or quiet or patient. Somewhere you can just play and your mind can jump all around. Because, you know, not only is trying to fit into the traditional system exhausting sometimes, it also can be a little disheartening. You know, it's easy to get this idea that who you naturally are isn't okay. And it is. And there should be some time when you can relax and really celebrate that. I like that. Thank you so much. And with, oh, thank you. And with that community, we will see you back here next time. Bye now. <laughs>